You guys ready to start tonight? We'll override the timer by 10 seconds and start early. So tonight we're going to sing a few songs, one about count your blessings. You know, one of the things that is easy to do. I don't know if you ever catch yourself, but in a mode of complaint, I mean, that probably happens to me, I don't know, 25, 35, 105, 1,005 times a day. You think of things, right? But we are blessed, right? And we're blessed by the Lord, and we're blessed by being here, we're blessed by being in America. I mean, there's so many things. So we'll start tonight by singing Count Your Blessing. Let's stand, and we'll sing together. When upon my pillows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one, count your blessings, see what God has done. phone yet, it's a good time to do that. Jason will do that right now. So just got ding while we're singing the first verse. All right, you ready? Here we go. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy? You are called to bear. Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly. And you will be singing as the days go by. Count your blessings, name them one are very blessed and because of the blessings that we have from God we can rest in in him because he has made his promises in the Bible that we can reflect upon and when we're worried about things going on in our life we can cast our care on him we'll sing all our anxiety all our care next
Amen. Good to have everybody here. What a beautiful day. Windy and cool, I know, but still a beautiful day, and we're glad to have it. And by Sunday, you're going to be happy anyway, right? So 75 and sunny on Sunday, if the weatherman is right, and he's never wrong. So uh, we'll have to just wait and see, but we're going to get that summer that I was looking forward to. Uh, if you are a golden prayer warrior, Mama, I'm sorry, but uh, that's us at this point, right? We're, we're now grandparents. We can't dodge that bullet anymore. Uh, the teenagers are going to host uh, Thanksgiving dinner with the Golden Prayer Warriors on Sunday, November 6th. There's a sign-up out there. They just need, you need to know that uh, you're going to be there. That's a Sunday afternoon right after the second service. Uh, so uh, sign up so that uh, they know how many people are coming. And uh, that's always a great time with our teenagers. It's a, just a good... I've, I've always been on the other side of it. So uh, this year, all right, all right, here we go. So I'll, I'll accept the moniker. And also then, uh, this Sunday evening, after the evening service, we're celebrating the uh, Hazelwoods are taking off to the mission field officially. They're, this will be our, their last service with us. And so uh, we're going to say our goodbyes. So we're asking people just to bring a snack, uh, you know, salty or sweet, and let's just enjoy some time of fellowship with the Hazelwoods before they take off. Prayer requests that uh, I have been given. So uh, pray, if you would, please, for uh, Lisa Campbell's aunt, Mom and in-laws who are having some physical issues. And uh, then Tom Jenkins, you may remember Tom and Sandy. Uh, They've just been coming the last couple years. But anyway, Tom uh, had a kidney stone that got infected. He became septic. He is doing okay, recovering in the hospital, but uh, pray for him. Uh, So he would appreciate it. Pray for Dad. Mom's here tonight. Good to have Mom here for the first time in a while. And uh, But uh, pray for Mel's dad. He's going to have the... uh, Stents taken out of both kidneys on Friday. So the prayer is that that's not a setback for him. He's been making great progress. He's up and walking. The, in fact, they called to Melody today and said, uh, hey, we need to start making plans to get him home. But now they're going to do this procedure in the middle of it, so we're just praying that it won't set him back. Uh, he's 92, so just pray for him. Uh, and then Miss um, Joyce uh, is still in the hospital. Uh, just pray for her, you know, um, they were t- today, and I don't know, does anybody know if they moved out of ICU? They were supposed to have moved out of ICU. I haven't heard. Okay, so, uh, but anyway, when I was there, I, I think I told you, I'll, I'll share this. I won't share it. didn't want to share it on Sunday, but I'll share it now. You know, it goes over the airways, but she won't know. Uh, she has a brain bleed of some sort. They don't know if she fell or if she's what's causing it, but it's minute enough or small enough that they're trying to hope that it'll heal on its own. Uh, so when I was there... Um, earlier in the week, she was like, I, or maybe it was Saturday, I guess it was, she was, I said, uh, did you fall? She goes, no, it all started with my ex-husband, and he, I don't know why he jumped in the water, and then all these people had to die, I feel so bad, and I think we're going to have to shoot the fish just to have something to eat, and I mean, she's just talking out of her head, you know, so it's obvious she doesn't really know what she's thinking, so then yesterday when I was there, she was like, I started floating up, and I couldn't stop myself from floating, I finally came back down, and I decided today I'm putting rocks in my pocket and I'm not going to let that happen again. Now, she says that to me as she's saying, Hey, Pastor John, so glad you could come. So she knows who I am. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, so just pray for Miss Joyce. She needs to get that cleared up, and I don't know how they're gonna, what, what the next processes are to work things through. So somebody just texted me, so let's see. It's probably a prayer request. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's not. So, hey, Pastor John, I hope I'm not bothering you. That's always a place, not, not a good place to start. So, uh, all right. So, what do you have in the way of prayer requests for us? Andrea's pet scan is tomorrow. So she trying to figure out what to do with this mass on her lung. So pray for Miss Andrea. What time is that going to be? Uh, okay. So remember, Miss Andrea, in your prayers. Okay, an unspoken. William has Carrick. Am I saying that right? Chiari. 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 Right. It's a Chiari tumor, and uh, they've been working with that for several years. So you, you probably remember that. Uh, so then Katie's been having migraines. She's how old? Eleven. Eleven. So they're checking since Chiari is somewhat 
family related, so they're checking that on Friday for her. And then William has some tests on his as well on Friday. So uh, just pray for them on Friday and then an unspoken. That'd be one unspoken so far. Ms. Rachel. Right. Thirty-seven. Yeah, has two young kids. Passed away on Friday. This is uh, for you. Some of you know Thelma Fry, but most of you would know Monica Stratton. So this is Monica Stratton's family. Um, so, so Rachel Fry Golden uh, passed away. They're going to have the funeral service on Monday, and then they're actually going to come here on Monday on the afternoon and and host. We're not going to host the dinner necessarily. We're giving them a place to have it. So uh, pray for that family. That's a, there's a lot of a lot of difficult things to go through there. She's got two young boys. My sister, she is having trouble with water retention, and her mom's got a leg, and they're supposed to have it in soon. Okay, so Sue Settle, water retention, probably then congestive heart, which don't panic. Congestive heart just sounds like such a harsh thing when you say it, but people can, it's treatable, but uh, pray for Sue Settle as they're checking into those things. Tim? Dan and I leave in the morning to go spend a few days with the <laughs> If you didn't catch that, Deanna and I leave tomorrow morning to go spend a few days with a thousand teenagers. They're hosting the uh, soccer tournament, and it's where? Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And uh, so... Uh, and it's literally a thousand teenagers, and Brother Tim pretty much uh, helps run the thing. So pray for Tim and Deanna uh, as they have opportunity to minister and traveling mercies and all those kinds of things. Miss Loretta, your niece? My niece. Yes, thank you. As soon as you as soon as I saw your hand, I'm like, there was a prayer chain that went around with your niece. Go ahead, I'm sorry, give us an update. She's on bed rest. She's roughly eight months, and uh, so they want to get two more weeks if they can before delivery. And uh, so, but her blood pressure is extremely high. So pray for her, and they're going to do a test tomorrow on baby Raven. Bill, how's he doing? Okay. Okay, so pray for Bill Gebby. He's got some heart issues and some blood pressure issues. And he was, you remember, maybe remembered the blood, the uh, prayer chain going around a week and a half ago. Was it a week ago? A couple weeks ago. Anyway, so they took him in to the hospital. But um, so they're just trying to figure out what's going on. So pray for Bill. Gebby? Miss Natalie? Miss Anna? Trouble with her left hand. She been hitting Bob again. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, I'm just kidding. I pray for uh, Miss Anna. She she uh, plays the piano for us, so that's important. I'm a nursing home resident, Tabitha Robertson. She's having surgery Friday. Another week of her body. Her just on her foot, and she's hoping this will help her really get her to walk with some therapy on. Get out of wheelchair nursing home resident Tabitha Robertson uh, having a surgery on her foot on Friday. Friday, was it? So pray for her. Let us saw a couple more hands. I really just have a crazy, you know, I asked for prayer for Drake's job. Mm-hmm. I'm just crazy that he's at the job. He's a month into it now for the day. And he loves it. It's a fantastic fit, but, you know, the state jobs don't necessarily pay very well. And he's just, he's been living at home trying to figure out, kind of hyperventilating a little bit about paying for, you know, his next kid. Yeah. So it's going to take care of concerns that he had. Praise the Lord. So amazing to see the Lord just yep. pour that on your children. You know, we've had some tough years, you know. Yes, it is. And um, it's just emotional. Amen. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Loretta? 
right, yeah. The seed's been sown. That's right, yeah. Amen. Amen. Sharing the gospel with Robert, so pray for that. And that's what we're talking about Sunday, right? Pray for the open door and pray for the soul winners. Ms. Nina? What was her first name? Lisa. Lisa. Pray for Lisa who's just been diagnosed with breast cancer and looking for alternative uh, treatments. If you have any ideas, you might share them. But if everybody shares an idea, then it's overwhelming to see now. <laughs> having total shoulder replacement in the morning. These are co-workers of Miss Brenda. And her boss's dad is not doing well. Mom's the caretaker, and they're just praying for wisdom and all the things that go together there. Miss Joy? Joy and all the family praises and uh, pressures that come with things. And good to have Nicole's mom and dad in the state of Indiana now. Welcome and uh, looking forward to seeing more of you, Brother Chuck. Joe Marcello is, some of you might, you guys, many of you might know, but he goes to church down at Victory Baptist, and his mom is not doing well out in New England, so he's heading that direction to go be with her. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for the opportunity to be here, to know that we have a God who hears each of our petitions and cares about each one and responds to our prayers we bring them before you god we ask that you would touch bodies strengthen heal them up god do what doctors can't do and cause doctors to stand in awe at your work we pray that you would give wisdom to decisions that need to be made and you would encourage and uplift use these circumstances to draw people to you continue to open doors for uh, people to share the gospel and give us boldness to walk through and do so uh, for the unspoken that you would meet that need be with ones who have tests and things coming up that you would just uh, help those procedures to go well and and uh, again give doctors wisdom there be with our teenagers our college students and our young people as they're meeting in other parts of the church buildings that you would just uh, uh, bless those uh, programs and may your word go forth and accomplish your work uh, meet with us here tonight as we study your word together and we'll thank and praise you for all that you do in jesus name we pray amen our study we're beginning a new study is what is a healthy church member and uh, so I want to I start by this, all right? First thing, I'm not saying this because, we're not doing this study because, uh-oh, what pastor must think there's a problem, no. Uh, we just use this, what we do on Wednesday nights, right? On Sunday nights, it's more like a Bible book study, uh, and on Wednesday nights, it's more like a book-type study, and I just kind of like to walk you through things. And, and this one, I just think is just a, a wonderful way for us to, because here's what I know. Every single one of us are impacted by this, right? We're all church members. Uh, at least I don't know about some of you who are visiting, but, you know, we're all church members. So we all, we all can benefit from this. So first thing is not a problem. Secondly, um, I'm not letting anybody off the hook, right? If you, are, if you are 80, can you still be a healthy church member? So this isn't like, oh, well, I hope somebody else is listening. 
<laughs> no, this isn't for somebody else. It's for all of us, right? If you are eight, can you be a healthy church member? It's for everybody. So that's the idea. So we're going to kind of walk ourselves through it. Uh, and uh, I'm saying right up front, uh, you know, that, you know, I'm, I'm using a book. The book's not necessarily written by an independent fundamental Baptist group or anything like that. And so the book is called What Makes a Healthy Church Member. Uh, and, uh, but, and I thought, well, okay, rather than enter into the possible controversy of using somebody else's book, what do you do? So I just trust you guys to be able to filter through with the, with the help of the Holy Spirit as we work together. Uh, but so far, I think you're going to absolutely love the book. It's going to challenge you as you go through it, and we're just kind of walk, walking through it together. So the first one, this is all one point tonight. The first idea of this guy's idea of a healthy church member is an expositional listener. Now, expository preaching is what we primarily do here, right? So um, we, there, we, we do from time to time like a topical message. But the danger of topical messages are, it is that, uh, you know, you, you say, here's what I want to say. And so you start finding verses that help support what you want to say. The problem is that that verse may have nothing to do with the topic. It just happens to support the idea that I want to support at that moment. And we're not allowing the scripture to speak for itself. So we're not really finding out what God had to say in that verse. We're just kind of pulling this verse out, pulling this verse out. Now, some, some topical verses, I mean, I'm not saying topical verses are wrong or topical sermons are wrong. Uh, it's just that having a steady diet of that, it's, it's a dangerous concept for us to fall into, right? So we try to primarily do expository preaching. Uh, so, you know, if you've ever noticed on Sunday nights, we just kind of read through the passage of Scripture and just here's what the Lord has to say. Uh, that's the idea of expository. So exposition is this, a setting forth of the meaning or purpose. That's the idea. So there's an old, old joke. Please, I know you've heard it before because I've told it to you. I, I can remember about 10 or 15 times I've told you this joke. It's not really a joke. It's an illustration, but it's an illustration that's funny. So just pretend like you've never heard it before and make me feel better by laughing or just stand there and stare at me. I don't really care. So here's the danger of topical messages, right? When we just pull verses out. So this lady is sitting there and she says, I'm going to figure out, you know, uh, I'm going to have my devotions, read the Bible. What does God have to say to me? So she opens it up and she points it. What does it say? You guys remember the joke? Judas went out and hanged himself. She's like, okay, I, I know that's not what God was trying to say to me. So no. Okay. So let's try this again. Okay. And it, go and do that likewise. Uh, no, this is just no way. No, 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 no. Let's try this again. Whatsoever thy hand finds do, do it quickly. <laughs> I mean, like, you get the idea. When we just start taking a verse out, all of a sudden you can, make, you can say just about anything you want if you're taking verses out of context, and that's the danger of it. What we really want to do is, you know, find out what God is trying to say. So as we turn to a passage of Scripture, what is God trying to get across? That's the main thing, right? That's what we want to walk away with. Now, some verses... I'm trying to just help us here, okay, because this is not a criticism of, of topical preaching. Some verses are what we would call, what I would call, principle verses, meaning that you can, you know, you can use them in a, with a broad brush because they're written that way. 1 Corinthians 10.31, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. That's a pretty broad brush, right? I mean, God painted it with a broad brush. Whatsoever you do. So you can take that verse out, and you can apply it to all kinds of things, and you're not necessarily taking it out of context, right? So you, you're just simply, you know, it's a, it's a principal verse, and it has great and broad application. So that's it. But this is not being an expository preacher. This is being an expository listener. So expository preaching at its simplest is preaching that is focused on explaining the meaning of Scripture in its historical and grammatical context, taking it right in context. Discover the meaning of Scripture, then, listen to this, allow that meaning to drive the agenda. So in other words, here's what God says, so what is God trying to teach us based on what God says? We let the Scripture guide the agenda instead of, here's what I want to say, now let's find some Scripture that helps me say it. You, you get the idea, that's the danger of that kind of preaching. I do both. You just have to be careful in that topical side. So um, that's, that's expository preaching. What we're going to look at is how to become an expository listener. Uh, 
Now, here's the verse that helps us become expository. Listen. And the, it's Acts 17, 10, 11, 12. And the brethren immediately sent away, who's that person? Tell me, tell me something you know about Paul. Tell me something you know about Paul. Used to be Saul. That's one, all right? Tell me something else. He was a Roman and a Jew, right? He was an apostle. He was brilliant, right? I mean, of the apostles, Paul was, he's the guy that had the doctorate, right? He's, he was brilliant. I'm not Paul. You understand that? Uh, I'm just being honest with you. I'm not brilliant. You know, I'm seldom, every now and again, bright, but I'm definitely not brilliant, you know? Uh, so Paul was brilliant. And, I mean, if... Remember when Paul, Paul himself said, hey, listen, you think you have some things to brag about. I'm paraphrasing. You think you have some things to brag about. Let me tell you about myself. And he says, without apology, I was you know, educated at the feet of Gamaliel. I was you know, circumcised on the eighth day. I was raised Pharisee of the Pharisee. I, you know, I achieved, I achieved. He was, he was a great, great man before he got saved. And then he got saved, and God made him into a great person of the, of the Scripture. But, catch this, so when Paul and Silas, by night, they go into Berea, who, coming thither, went into the synagogue of the Jews. And these were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind. They're ready to go. They're listening. But then, they searched the scriptures daily to see whether, I'm sorry about the spacing there, whether those things were so. Now, here's, here's literally what's happening. They're like, okay, just because it's Paul doesn't mean anything. We want to make sure that he's right. Yikes! That's called expository listening. Do you get the idea? I'm not just accepting it just because somebody's standing behind the pulpit. I'm not just accepting it because they, you know... No, I'm going to listen expositorily. I I want to make sure that, you know, really, honestly... You know, you want to, I, in 30 years of being your pastor, 31 years of being, do you think I've ever messed up on the scripture? <laughs> Some of you, you're laughing because you've been here when I did it. You know I did, right? In fact, this morning it was, it was totally an accident, totally an accident. But uh, 1 Corinthians 10.31 is seeking first the kingdom of God. And I just misquoted because I said, according to Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's what it says. I said, um, you know, uh, do all things to the glory of God. He used 1 Corinthians 10 through 1 and gave the reference to Matthew 6, 33. No one said anything. And in my mind, I'm thinking, that's not sounding right, but nobody's saying anything. Okay. Afterwards, though, of course, then we come to this passage of Scripture, and it's like everybody should have said something. You shouldn't just accept something because it's coming from the pulpit, right? We need to become expository listeners. Are we healthy church members? Uh, and so, uh, becoming an expositor, look at verse 12. This is important. Because, therefore, because the, Thessalonians, or because the Bereans were ready of mind and checked up on the preacher, look what happens. Many of them believed also of honorable men, which were Greeks, and of men, not a few. God blesses this. This is what... This is, what it, this is the first step here. Becoming a healthy church member is learning how to listen you know, with a discerning ear. By the way, first you have to just learn how to listen, right? Um, let's just be practical. This is not part of the study. Uh, let's be practical for just a second. Give me a pointer on how to listen. First of all, close your mouth, right? Talk less. Uh, Proverbs tells us a lot about that one. God, God is very polite in Proverbs and how he deals with this. But if we were to put it in the vernacular, there's a verse I can't remember. I just read it to my Bible class on Monday. We were doing a study in the book of Proverbs. And it basically says, um, a wise man shuts up. I'm, I'm making it up, right? A wise man doesn't speak, but a fool has a multitude of words, Right? A wise man learns how to shut up. We just need to be quiet. That's one. Give me another thing. How, how can we become be- better listeners, just practically? Put your phone down. <sighs> Brother Jason gave us a good example of that. I, right now, I'm gonna, he says, right now I'm going to silence my phone. Right? And I didn't. And I didn't on purpose because usually when I'm up here giving prayer requests, people are out there watching online and they're texting me prayer requests. 
that one was not a prayer request. The text that came through wasn't a prayer request. I don't know if it was or not. I didn't finish reading. It just says, I hope I'm not bothering you. I'm like, they obviously don't know we're in the middle of church, so uh, they wouldn't start it out that way. But um, anyway, so put your phone down, you know. What else? Focus. Fo- oh, say that. You know what? It's a lot easier. I, I, I tell people this. You want, you want to have a better preacher? Sit up front Sunday morning. I preach better when you sit up front. No, I don't. I, I preach the exact same. But it's amazing. You get more out of it. It's just weird, right, when there's less distraction. Sit up straight. Look at the preacher. Pay attention. All those little things. You, the things you've been telling your kids forever. If you've ever taught Sunday school or if you've ever taught in a, in a church, in a class setting, classroom setting, sit up straight. Look up front. Why? Because it makes me feel good? No, because they listen better. And when you listen better, you learn more. And so anyway, they became, they were first readiness of mind listening, and then they searched the scripture. So here's the next question. What are you listening for? When you come to church, what are you listening for? This is important. Listen. You know what I have to do if I want to get a good hearty amen? I stand up and say something political. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you know, I tell everybody how politicians are, tri- you know, driving the country to the devil. and Hey, man, I get a good heart. Amen. I say something like, you know, we need to go on visitation and win our neighbors to the Lord. Amen. What's the difference, right? We, we get a hearty amen for that. Sometimes it's, what are we listening for? Are we, are we ready to come into church and open up the scripture and see what God has for us? Or are we just waiting for the sound bite? You know, we live in a sound bite era, Right? And we, we grab the sound bite, and that's what we're going to run with. God doesn't speak to us in sound bites. You know, he, he's, so what are you listening for? Are we, listen, are we looking for, listening for affirmation? Come on, Pastor, just make me feel good. Do something. Just, I, need to, I need to feel good before I leave here, Pastor. Uh, well, okay, if the passage makes you feel good, that's great. What if the passage doesn't? What if what God is saying doesn't make you feel good? Did I fail as a preacher? If I'm telling you what God is saying. And so, you know, what are we listening for? Are we looking for social issues to be dealt with? Or listen, are we listening for the still, small voice of God? Are we listening? When we come to church, like, God, I want everything else to just be quiet. And I want to listen to what you have to say. That's the beginning of becoming an expository listener listening for the meaning of Scripture and accepting that meaning as the main idea to be grasped for my life, right? This is what God said, so God must have had something to say to me, not like, I sure hope so-and-so down the aisle was listening because they really needed this message. No, it's me, right? It's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And uh, so uh, that's becoming. Here's the benefits of becoming a expository listener. This is all just first, the first point. There's nine main points of it. So uh, it creates a hunger for the Word of God. When I start listening, uh, one time, somebody in our church, and you would know them, so I'm not going to say, they might even be here, I'm not going to say, um, said to me, Pastor, I want to read the Word, but I have to tell you, Pastor, I, I like have to force myself to read it. And, and I'm not, I'm just, there's not a hunger for it. Pastor, how do I get to that? And I understand that. I really do. I mean, I understand it at different points in my own spiritual walk. I mean, some days, days, like some days, I just have to, this is what I need, right? I need to do this. And other days, like, I can't wait to get to it. But how do we develop a hunger for something? Well, um, here's what I said to them. It's not any big secret. It's the same way you develop a hunger for food and drink and whatever else. It is that the more of it you have, the more of it you want right? I mean, it's just the way it works. You, I, I remember when I could not stand, I mean, I grew up eating like three foods. I'm not making that up. I ate cereal and I ate mashed potatoes, noodles, and corn. And that was it. I didn't like meat. I didn't like, you know, and, you know, I don't know how in the world I ever survived. You know, that's just what I liked. And my mom was nice enough to, you know, let me have it, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, you know, I remember, I remember learning how to like food. You know, I'm going to just make, and now I literally, you're looking at a guy who like set it in front of me. I'll eat it because I like food in general and I like food of all kinds. I've, you know, I went to India and loved all the curry that I had and I'll, 
and I've been to Belize, and I loved all the things I've had in there. I've been to Haiti. I've never gone to some place and said, wow, I can't stand their food. I, I love it. But you just develop it. Same way with the Word of God. So listen, this is great. I wish I came up with some of these things, but this is not mine from the book. So by then, we become accustomed to hearing God's voice by becoming a, an expository listener. I'm going to sit up and pay attention, and I'm going to follow through and make sure that what's being said is right. And then we become accustomed to hearing God's voice. And because of that, look at the third one. We become fluent in the language of the Scripture. That is a great thought. Isn't that nice? I mean, how many of you took another language in school? You took a foreign language in school. So about 90% of you, all right? How many of you can speak that language still today? Uh, now we're down to three. <laughs> I took three years of German. Miss Juanita comes walking into our church when they first started visiting. You know, she's, she speaks German as her native tongue. And uh, so I found that out, and I said, and she's like, she just starts talking to me like crazy. I'm like, whoa, you've, you've heard all of my German. I took three years of German, and I just gave it all to you in one, in one sentence. <laughs> I don't know how to speak it. She just thought, assumed, right? She assumed that I could speak it because I had, you know, I, I know a few phrases, you know, like, I love you, sweetheart. That was always a good one to hang on to. You know, you hang on to some certain words, and okay, the rest of them you just forget. But the more we're into that, the more fluent we become, right? Same way with the Scripture. Wouldn't it be isn't it a wonderful thought that we become fluent in Scripture? That the things that used to be difficult for us to understand, all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, this is starting to make sense because I'm becoming fluent in, in God's language. And we're not talking about Old English or Hebrew or Greek. We're just talking about the, the language of God, right, that we that we become fluent in the scripture. Uh, that's a wonderful thought. His word then becomes his, his voice, becomes sweet to us. And so it starts out, you know, how do you develop this, Pastor? I want to have a hunger for the word of God. And you begin to develop that hunger by just putting yourself into it more, and you become more accustomed to it, and you become fluent in it. And then one day you wake up and it's like, this is sweet. I, I can't get enough of this. It, it, it's that, remember when, when, um, I can't remember, Daniel and somebody, they you know, had to eat the book and it tasted like honeycomb. You know, it's like, this is sweet. And uh, that's, that's what we're looking for. Look what happens then with all of this then taking place as we continue this. We are empowered then to push the rival voices aside that are battling for our control. So for a moment here, what are some of the rival voices? The things that are crowding in on us. What are, what's trying to keep us from listening to the Word of God? What's in the news? <laughs> Isn't that always a fun thing? Yeah. yeah. Let's watch the news. And we're reacting to the news. But we're not always reacting in a godly fashion because it's not the, it's not the Word of God. We're just reacting to the news. And in fact, sometimes, I know this may shock you, but sometimes the news isn't even right. <laughs> I mean, it's not always right. Uh, just a, a two or three months ago, uh, I stood up. I, I heard something on, uh, you know, that I, I don't remember where I heard it. But I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. And it was like Saturday night late that I heard it. So I thought, I'm going to stand up and share that with the church on Sunday. So in the first service, I stood up and said, the new iPhone is going to be able to, to identify you according to your, does anybody remember what I said? Your breath that your breath has markers in it, you know, just like your face has markers and identifies, so you can, and your iPhone opens up, yes, John, what would you like? And, and uh, so in between the services, somebody who's more tech-savvy than I, which means they were younger than I am, came up and said, Pastor, that's, that was a hoax. That's not really true. I'm like, okay, your pastor just, you know, like, wow, I'm glad somebody was actually listening and had the, you know, stood up, because I would have repeated it again in the second service of it. I didn't know, so that was one. This morning, this morning, on my way to school, the, uh, the newscaster announced on WIBC, I was listening to talk radio, and he says, um, the wife of Jeff Bezos, who is the ex-wife of Jeff Bezos, who's the Amazon guy, right? He, he's a 34 billionaire, whatever. Um, 
she donated $2.4 billion to the Girl Scouts of America. $2.4 billion. That's a, I mean, that's a chunk of change. I don't know, I don't know if you remember when we sold our, our rights to the road up north um, when Mitch Daniels was the governor and we sold the rights to, and for $3 billion. And people had a fit, but we're still living on that $3 billion because if you followed that, the news article, we were literally getting about $400,000 a day on interest. $3 billion is a lot of money. And we, we were just getting paid tons of money in interest. And so we are still one of the best states financially in America. We have money in the bank. You know, that's unusual for a state to have that. Um, but billion, I'm, wow, that's a lot of money. The Girl Scouts of America, that's incredible. Well, then on the way home from school, they said, Jeff Bezos' wife gave the Girl Scouts of America $237 million. That's still a lot of money. But it's a long way from $4.2 billion. In fact, it's from $2.2 billion. It's like $2 billion off, you understand? It's take the $2 billion away, it's just $200 million left. It's like, that's a big difference, you know? And so which one's right? I don't know. This is just this morning. I never did figure out which one was right. Don't even care because it doesn't affect me any. But, you know, you can't always listen to the news. Sometimes the news is crowding in. I'm sorry, I get sidetracked. What's another one? Tim. Just the pressures of life, right? I mean, have you, ever, have you ever sat down with your Bible to read your Bible and then found, found yourself thinking about other things? Or even, even like you sat down with your Bible and you got a notepad ready to take notes and your notes look like a to-do list. It had nothing to do with the Scripture, right? You ever been sitting in church? You open up, the, the, you're going to take notes and before you know it, you're doodling or you're figuring out what you need to buy at the store on your way home or you're, you know. There's just all these other voices. But you know what? The more I develop a hunger for the Word of God and become accustomed to hearing the Word of God and become fluent in the Scripture and the Word of God becomes sweet, then I am empowered to push those other voices aside and let God begin to feed my soul. Do you think a church would benefit from members who are expositional listeners? God, feed me today. It helps us focus on God's will and empowers us to follow him. Listen to what the Bible says. John chapter 10. My sheep hear. Hear. They become good listeners. Hear my voice and I know them. And because they hear me, guess what they do? And they follow me. Why do we keep messing up in our Christian walk? It's probably a... Remember the, the Bible uses the phrase several times, dull of hearing. We're not being good listeners. Are we, are, we expository, are we Bereans? Are we expository listeners? Are we letting the Word speak to us and not trying to pick and choose, not choosing agenda, an agenda and saying, okay, God, fill in the blanks for me. This is what I want, so show me this in your Bible. No. Are we, we go to God and say, God, you show me what I need. I don't want to put words in God's mouth. I want God to put his Word in my heart. And that becomes, that's an expository listener. Um, it protects the gospel and our lives from corruption. Listen to what the Bible says here. For the time will come, not might come, not could come, will come, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. In other words, because this is what I want, I'm going to go find a teacher who's going to tell me what I want to hear. Do we see that in our society today? Do we see that in our Christian circles today? The question is, do we see it in our church today? And that, We don't want to be that, right? We want to be expository listeners. Otherwise, the time will come. If we're not good listeners, the time will come in which we won't endure sound doctrine, but we'll follow after you know, trying to find somebody else to tell us what we want to hear. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and they shall be turned into, unto fables. The truth shall be turned into fables. This is what happens. I mean, we, we have a society now that can prove from the Bible that God supports killing babies. What? What is wrong with this picture? We have a society today that can prove from the Bible that God... Now listen, does God love everybody? Yes, He does. Absolutely. We can prove that from the Scripture. But that doesn't mean God approves 
of everybody's lifestyle, right? But we have a society that somehow believes that God... You know, what they, you know how they believe that? Because they pulled themselves away from those who were giving them the truth, and they went after a teacher who would tell them what they wanted to hear. And now they've convinced themselves. So we had a, a young man in the morning service, and I'm not going to share any details beyond this. He shared it publicly, but the morning service isn't broadcast. Uh, but, you know, his sister has announced that she's no longer her gender. She's something else. And she's identifying some other way. Well, does God love her? Yes. Do we love her? Yes. Does God approve? No. You know, how do you get to that point? How do you go to a Christian college get a master's degree from a Christian college, which is what she did, and then leave what the Bible is teaching. Because you refuse to listen, and then you just find someone who will tell you what you want to hear. And there's always somebody out there who will tell you what you want to hear. And it's tough. And that's the danger of, of approaching the Bible the wrong way. We want to be expositional in our preaching. Let's not, you don't want to know what John Ray thinks, Right? You know what I am? I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. You really don't know what, want to know what I think. What we want to know is what does the Bible teach us? And so we need to become hearers to that extent. Now, that being said, it becomes an encouragement to our pastors when we become expository listeners. Now, I know this is dangerous. I'm literally saying this now from this morning. We, I had, we had about 40 here this morning. We had about 40 here tonight. So I'm now inviting 80 people to be critical of my preaching, all right? But the reality is, if you want to encourage your pastor, don't just blanketly swallow anything he says. Prove to him that you're actually listening. Do you understand? I mean, that I would much rather have someone come up and say, Pastor, I'm not sure about what you said here. I would much rather that happen than for me to have said something that didn't come across the right way, and everybody just swallows it because, well, it's Pastor John, and we know he loves us, and we love him. We don't want to hurt his feelings. It's not about our feelings here, right? It's about what thus saith the Lord. We want to find out, we, to collectively, as members of the church, want to find out what God has to say. So it's important that we listen expositorily, and it's an encouragement to your pastors when you become expository listeners, whether you believe it or not. And I love this last one. It helps the congregation to be of one mind. How do you do that? How do you take, how do you take we have 320 people-ish, how do you take 320 people and be of one mind and of one accord? Well, if we're all seeking what God has to say, then it's easy when we find what God has to say to be of one mind. Do you understand? But if we're all trying to, trying to make the Bible say what we think, then we're never going to come together. It's never, we're never going to be unified because we all have a different opinion and we can all find ways to make the Bible say what we think. We can. You know, I can prove that to you by what we just said. People are proving abortion and people are proving, you know, approving of lifestyles that are crazy by following you know, wrong thinking rather than the Word of God. So it's easy to do if that's, what, if that's the goal to do it. Look what the Bible says here in 1 Corinthians 1. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and there be no divisions among you, and that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. How in the world do you make that happen? You make it happen when everybody has the same goal. God, show us what you want for us. What you want for us. Let your words say it. God, you speak. We will listen. Right? That's the idea. If we're listening to that still small voice, in that, in that illustration of the still small voice, remember, um, as he's listening, uh, what, what comes before the still small voice? Well, that's, the, that's another verse. But what comes in that verse where he says, and then there's the still small voice, what comes first? Thunder and wind, and God wasn't in the thunder, and God wasn't in the wind. And, but then there's a still small voice, and that was the voice of God. And the reality is we come to church every, every time we come, you came here tonight, and there's thunder and wind in your soul. Everything's trying to push the voice of God away. 
But if we become expositional listeners, we learn how to push the thunder and the wind away and listen to the still small voice. And a congregation that's doing that walks away with unity and walks away with no divisions and perfectly joined together in the same mind. Wow, that's like almost like heaven. Isn't that incredible? That's, that's what God's trying to get us to. That's a healthy church. So this is the last part of it, and we're done here. So how do we cultivate becoming an expository lizard? How do I, how do, I do this, Pastor? How do we actually, I, I understand it's a good idea. How do I make it happen? First of all, meditate on the, on the, on the sermon passage. Not on the sermon, but on the sermon passage. I say, Pastor, what was the passage tonight? Because quite honestly, after I just preached against topical, you know what this, is, this study is? It's topical. It's topical, right? Uh, but the key one was in Acts chapter 17, that passage about the Bereans, right? That's, that's the key. So I'm going to meditate on that. How do I become a good Berean? How do I actually, even if the Apostle Paul himself were preaching, and I'm never going to be the Apostle Paul, at best, I'm going to be like Peter, at best. And Peter is like brash and irrational and is always being rebuked by the Lord. That's kind of me, all right? I'm not going to be the Apostle Paul. Uh, if you're looking for Paul, you've, you haven't found him here. But even if Paul himself were preaching to become a Berean that says, I'm going to make sure that what is being said is the Word of God. That's, we start by meditating. Invest in some good commentaries. Uh, these, are, these are suggestions from the book. Invest in some good commentaries. Most of you probably have that. I'm going to tell you, in this day and age, I wouldn't invest in a paper book. This is just me. I just wouldn't. Um, you know, on my iPad, there's about, uh, I've got about 27 sets of commentaries. If I were to buy them in paperback form, it would, it would cost hundreds, hundreds, maybe thousands of dollars to get those sets. But you can buy them digitally and have them put on your phone or on your computer for a fraction of the cost. And they work. I, I personally think it's good to be a good steward of God's money. Some, of us, some people are very tactile and they like paper. I know you can't hardly, it's harder to mark up on your computer. You can, but it's just harder. But get some good commentaries either way. You know, find, the idea is this. What, what's a commentary in a multitude of Counselors, there is safety. A commentary is a counselor. What does this verse mean? Well, let's ask Pastor John. That's one. That's just one commentary. But let's ask this person, this person, this person. We find several commentaries in a multitude of counselors. There is safety. You come to good understanding that way. Uh, I like this next one. This is the real challenge, and this is where I'd want to focus on right here. Talk about the sermon and pray with others about the sermon. So um, the challenge in the book is this. I catch myself. This is me. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. I catch myself walking into church, and I literally like flip a switch. It's like, okay, I'm in church mode. And we sing, and we praise, and I teach, and we preach, and yay. And literally, it's like, in Jesus' name, amen, click. And it's like, on the way out, we're talking about the weather, and we're talking about the football game, and we're talking about what we're going to have for dinner, and we're talking about... It's amazing how quickly we can turn that on and off. Wouldn't it be great if we got ourselves in the habit of, on the way out, let's chat about what God just said to us? I can guarantee you, if we invited, pick the politician, it could be someone you love, someone you hate, but if we invited a famous politician to come in and speak, at the end of it, on the way out, you'd be talking about what they said. I don't care if you loved them or hated them. Either way, that's what you'd be doing. God, the God of the universe, wants to say something to us. And it's amazing how quickly we can like, okay, that's over, and just move on. We have to develop that habit. Let's, let's talk. And I love this. Pray, pray with others about the sermon. I mean, what if, what if the Wednesday, Wednesday people, the 40 from this morning and the 40 from tonight, what if the 80 people this Sunday morning on the way out of church grabbed one of our younger people, one of the younger couples, one of the teenagers, whatever, and said, hey, could you get here about 15 minutes early tonight and let's, let's just pray about what pastor just preached on. Do you think that would impact our church any? Wow, think about this. 
I mean, it's a challenge to all of us. I want to be, Pastor, I want to become an expository listener. Well, in order to accomplish these things, like talking about the sermon and praying with us about the sermon, I have to actually listen and know what it was and what it said. And then act on it. Do, you know, actually put it to work. Cultivate humility. Uh, it's a, I'm running out of time here. But cultivate humility and uh, respond properly as we, you know, as we approach the Word of God, as we let God speak, to humble ourselves before God and say, God, I'm not looking at other people. It's me. It's me. Talk to me. And then humbly accept what message God brings. Because it ought not to be the message John Ray brings. The reality is, if I do my job right, when I die, when I leave this pulpit, and whoever else steps in, it doesn't change anything. If I do my, if I do my job right, which is to preach what God has to say, and the next guy that comes in is preaching what God has to say, it doesn't matter who the guy is anymore. You, you get it? It doesn't matter who the guy is because it's not about the guy. It's about what God has to say. And that makes all the difference in the world. Father, make us expository listeners and healthy church members. And we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Get out of here.